Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. The Pope and Young Club wants to welcome you as we rally together to ensure our bow hunting opportunities for today and tomorrow. You've come to the podcast that believes in preserving, protecting, and promoting the passion for bow hunting. Join us as we strive to be the voice of today's bow hunter. This is the Pope and Young Podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Pope and Young Podcast. This is Jason Roundsville, joined as always by my co-host Dylan Ray. And we have with us today one of our longtime outfitter partners. Uh, in fact, we'll have to find out how long Mike's been doing this, but we have Mike Parsons with Crow Creek. Uh, Mike, thanks for joining us today. No, uh, you're welcome. Uh, glad to be here. Yeah. I do you know the first time that you started doing hunts with Pope and Young? Well, you know, uh, it had to be, I'm thinking somewhere maybe in the late 80s, early 90s, somewhere right in there. That's a long time. I'm thinking it's somewhere right in that area anyway. Yeah. It's, I, I have not hunted with you, but I have talked, I don't know how many people that I've talked to that have hunted with you that are part of the, the club. Yeah. And yeah. I've yet, I've yet to hear a bad thing. Well, so, um, you may, you may know, not be telling you everything, but that's okay. I, I don't know. <laughs> I, in fact, we're just, we're just, uh, joking around off camera. And, and I said, the only bad thing I could even remotely come up with is that, you know, maybe you're not the most technologically advanced outfitter that we work with, sure. but, and if you'd have told me four years ago, the first time that we talked on the phone and I think I'd asked you, I said, Hey, Mike, where would you like to see emailed? And you're like, you can just go ahead and drop that in the mailbox. And if you, <laughs> If you'd have told me then that, you know, not too much farther down the road, we we're going to get you yeah. on a video podcast. I don't know that I'd have bought that, but yeah. we appreciate you being here. We're excited to have you. And so, so tell us, Mike, tell us about you and, and Crow Creek and what you guys are all about. 
Well, you know, uh, I, I actually, I've always been just basically a bow hunter. I started shooting traditional in 1966, and that's about all I've ever done since then is traditional. But, uh, yeah, that's, that's always been my favorite thing to do is, is bow hunting. And I, I started guiding uh when I first started guiding before I got my outfitting license, uh, it was 1975 and I guided for oh three or four years for, for other outfitters, uh, started right, started right off bow hunting and, and we rifle hunt, of course, also, but, but that's how I got started. And, uh, and that's my favorite time of year is, uh, when bow hunting season rolls around, that's what we're all looking forward to here. And, uh, that's still. I, I think a lot of the people that are going to be listening to this can identify with that statement. Yeah. 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 So in, in that, I mean, you've been doing this for a while, 1975. So in that time, who who's the best bow shot that you've ever seen? Well, uh, that's a, that's, that's a hard question to answer. I can't say I've ever, ever seen really a, a, a good bow shot. <laughs> I've seen a lot of bad ones. <laughs> hey, I, I'm not, I'm not going to put that on any one person who's the best <laughs> bow shot. So I'm not going to, no, I, I, I wouldn't know how to answer that there, but uh, some, some of them do, some of them, most of them do pretty good though, tell you the truth, but some, some of them get a little shook up and, uh, even though they may be a pretty good bow shot at a target, but it don't happen that way when you're shooting at a live animal 20 yards away. That's for sure. It doesn't translate. Does it? It definitely does not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've seen that. Uh, I've seen that in, in all of the shooting sports is that, you know, Oh man, I'm, I'm a really good, you know, paper puncher or clay target breaker. And then all of a sudden yeah. you put them in the middle of the mix and, and yeah. all hex yeah. breaking loose and, yeah, yeah, you know they, they all, you know, say we'll just get within forty yards and and I'll hit him or something like that. Well, that, that yeah, I don't listen to none of that stuff because that, that usually don't never happen. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, so. Now you're, I know you got. We always do elk hunts with you. Is that your primary quarry over there? Yeah, elk, mule deer, whitetail, black bear, antelope, man. Our, our mountain lion hunts we do in the winter time. Yeah. Okay, and where are you guys out of? We are hunting cabin is on the north end of the crazy mountains on a couple of big ranches I had there for about 37 years now. So that's where we that's where we're based out of right now. Yeah. Okay. And it's in Montana? In Montana, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, we like to just make sure everybody knows. And uh it's I know you've been doing like I said, I've been on board for, for four years, and I think you were one of the first outfitters that I talked with when i came on board i think we were putting together a raffle or something and mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know we've done raffles you've done auction hunts for us for conventions um and you know we really appreciate that partnership that's why we wanted to have you on is just let people know that you. you know if, if you're looking for the real deal that this is it and like i said i've talked to a lot of people a lot of a lot of hunters that our listeners would recognize the names of have come out and hunt with you. And these are guys that don't always say good things. They don't say they don't, yeah. they're not, they don't say nice things just, just to be nice. You know, they give, give me the legitimate 
scoop and uh yeah, yeah. And, and and we don't uh advertise like booking big trophy hunts and we don't guarantee nobody a shot or nothing like that but uh i tell them if they want to they want a guaranteed hunter a, a big trophy bull of some kind and go somewhere else but uh we do pretty good here anyway for what we for what we uh have around here anyway so but we we do pretty good and most of them keep coming back so there must be a reason for that that's right now would you consider what's your best is elk your big one and then yeah. you kind of do the other ones okay yeah, elk's if, the main one boar rifle either one elk's our main main one yeah okay and then after that would it be what do you think it would be the mule deer or I the think probably white tail yeah okay mule deer is kind of so so during archery season especially but uh, uh we have fantastic white tail hunting down on the muscle shell river and then, uh, then I, I would say our spring bear hunts is the next, our next popular one. And then also our lion hunts in December and January would be probably the third one. Okay. And how are you guys doing the lion hunts? Are those off of snow machines or? All snowmobile. Yeah, everything okay. goes snowmobile that time of year. So we get so much snow up here that, that that's about the only way you can get around up here. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, not everybody understands there's places that when it starts snowing and snowing yeah. and snowing, there's places you just yeah. can't get. And it's one of the tougher hunts of lion hunting. You know, you got to deal with the snowmobiles and the dogs and, and then the snow conditions and getting from point A to point B. So it, it can be a lot tougher hunting at this elk hunting, either archery or rifle. Either one. But I'd say our lion hunts are one of the tougher hunts anyway. Okay. Now tell us about, uh, about your your elk hunts specifically the archery elk hunts what what you know somebody shows up in in camp there and what what can they expect what kind of hunting are you guys doing well what we start out with first i want them to we have our life a lot of life-size decoys set up and i want them to get some shooting in because they, they've been doing it anyway before they come here they say but uh we like to for them to shoot a little bit every day if they will and uh, and then in the morning when we get up, we we'll, you know we'll get up a couple hours before daylight, and some some of the places we've got to go is an hour away, and someone's only ten minutes away. So uh, we'll we'll get everybody lined out, have breakfast, and most of the time on the private ranches that we hunt, uh, it's early in the morning, a couple hours of hunting, maybe three hours. Elk go in, bed down. Don't bother them, leave them alone. Don't go in there and try to bugle them out of their beds or anything just forget about that uh and then come in for lunch uh hang around for a couple hours and then we'll go back out in the afternoon and, and when the elk get up moving around a little bit then we start uh working on them again but uh we, we got places where the elk go in kind of a little sanctuary we call it we don't like to bother them okay. in there and, and we, we just don't disturb them at all and, and just let them go and come when they want to so but a lot of guys pressure elk too much and they just leave the country and go somewhere to another county or something but we yeah. don't do that so we always have elk on the ranch the way the way we hunt them anyway yeah that's um i think it, you know it's neat that you have an opportunity like that where you have an area that that you know you control the access and you exactly. can allow that and i i think i've seen that on a on a place that i hunt in eastern oregon even mm-hmm. where there's there's one bedding area that if you stay out of you'll literally have elk the entire season on the yeah. ranch and that's and, and that's where that's where you have to do it even in rifle season we do the same thing we got, we got a couple areas we don't ever go in rifle hunting or bow hunting we, we either catch them going in the early in the morning or catch them coming out in the afternoon so we always have elk there no matter what yeah we operate the way we do anyway 
you yeah. know, Jason, that's one of my favorite. So we're running a, a raffle right now. Have you? Have, have we you, are. We're running a raffle right now, the Summer Sizzler, and one of the prizes is an elk hunt with Crow Creek. And my favorite thing I get is why would I buy tickets for a chance to elk hunt when I can go elk hunt for, you know, 500, 600 bucks, whatever. And I'm like, well, yeah, sure you can, but you're not getting a world-class hunt. Like, no, you know, you're hunting over the counter and you're hoping for a raghorn, you know, <laughs> you're not hunting world-class elk with a world-class outfitter. And that's really the difference um, is right there. So there are a few tickets left to our summer sizzler. Um, not a lot of time, very, not a lot of very tickets. few. Very, very few tickets. tickets left. This is, uh, let's see, this is Aaron on Tuesday. And uh, so, yeah, if, if you want to take it, you want to go hunt with Mike, um, you can buy a ticket online and we'll put the link up. But uh, the, uh, we're not expecting too many tickets to be available tomorrow. So the easiest way to do that is to go to pope-young.org. Right at the top, it'll say Summer Sizzler hit that link and go get your tickets because they will not last much longer. Yeah. I'm hoping I'm hoping we're not saying all this and they're sold out by the time this episode airs. That's it could I'm happen. <laughs> it could, hey, you know what? What a neat problem to have. And this yeah. has been, you know, it's it's funny because we run raffles for all kinds of different things. I mean, you name it, Cape Buffaloes and Yukon Moose. And, I, you know, and it may go back to what, when we ask people their favorite thing to chase, a lot of guys say whitetails, but I would say top two answers would be elk and whitetails. Those are the those are the ones yeah. that people really like it, and uh, and so we have had just phenomenal luck with some of our elk raffles. People just love it, and they they're they want to go elk hunt, and they want to you know I think some of it is a lot of these guys they want to go every year, and if they can do it, multiple states, and so this is nice thing about. In Montana, we have other guys that are hunting New Mexico or Arizona or Colorado. And, you know, this is just one more opportunity for them to get out there. Right. So, yeah. So, so you don't want to say who the, you didn't want to say who the best bow shot was you've ever seen. You want to tell us who the worst bow shot was you've ever seen? <laughs> well, uh, I had to say a lot of them. <laughs> a lot of now we're getting to the nitty gritty. <laughs> come on come on mike throw us throw us out a uh little tidbit, I, 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 I tell him i said you're supposed to be shooting behind the shoulder and the lung and not hitting them in the horns you know yeah. that happens once in a while too though believe it or not <laughs> it's it's amazing so go ahead don't no you're good it's amazing how fat when you get into elk you know elk are a big creature and mm -hmm. it is amazing at how fast everything mm -hmm. can happen. It's like yeah. you, you look and you're like, okay, all of a sudden you range this thing at 80 yards and, mm -hmm. and you look over here and you're watching a couple of cows yeah. on this side. And all yeah. of a sudden you look back and this thing's at 42 coming. And it's yeah. just, it's literally right now. You're like, I just yeah. ranged it. It's 80 yards yeah. Yeah. and you, it just bam, bam, bam. And I think people, sometimes can underestimate the speed at which and, and, that and, the big, and the biggest problem with most of the people that don't understand it is, is movement i mean you can't get away with too much movement you got a bull there 20 30 yards away but some of them think they can but uh, that's that's what gets a lot of them there and, and like i was telling if you got the wind on them and you could have a santa claus suit on and as long as you're still and got and, and concealed real good there uh that bull's not going to notice you too much there but uh, but some guys try to draw back when the bulls 
on his on a perforation on the side, and, it, and they pick them out every time doing that. But but movement movement's the main thing when a bull gets yeah. close like that. They'll, they'll pick you out, and I don't, even if you blink your eyes. That's the main main problem. We have a lot of guys that don't understand that. Yeah, that's and that's one of the big things when when we talk to folks um, about crossbows and their crossbows aren't legal here in Oregon for archery season for, for obvious reasons. But that's one of the things is I, I don't know how many times I've been in a position to where if I didn't have to draw my bow, if it was just sitting there like a rifle or something else, it yeah. wouldn't have been, you know, you'd have made the shot cause it'd, it'd be all over, but with mm-hmm. the bow that just adds a whole nother dimension. You're like, okay, yeah. I now have an elk that I thought was going to come out at 45 yards who's mm-hmm. now at 15 yards, mm-hmm. he's standing there, wind's good, and I can't get my bow drawn. I, mm-hmm. I, I have a great shot, and there's no chance that you can get your bow drawn and, mm-hmm. and get an arrow in him because he's going to see you. And they yeah. don't, it's not like you make, make some movement and they just look, oh, what's yeah. over there? They mm-hmm. take off. I yeah. mean, they're gone. That's exactly right. And and, and a lot and a lot of guys tend to have a lot of tendency, and most of them do that I've been around, is uh, they do too much calling anyway, you know. They, they, do, they overcall more than what they really need to do. And when they're trying to call a bull in or something. So, but the bull's coming in, let him come in, just shut up, you know. And uh, and if you get a shot, good. If you don't have a good shot, let him walk. And yeah. That's just the way it is. Just don't, don't make a bad shot on him. Just let him go. And then yeah. maybe you'll get, maybe you'll get a better opportunity later on, but that's, that's the main thing. Yeah. Well, it's tough because it happens fast and it's exciting. Get that. What I was going to ask is, um, since you won't tell us who the bad shot is, <laughs> what's that one, like, what's that one recovery story, you know, like where you thought there's no way we're ever going to find this bull. And then there it is. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. Sometimes we, I, I hated to do it a couple, three times overnight, but sometimes it, I just wasn't sure of the hit. Uh, I, I'm sitting back 60 or 80 yards. I can't see where the actually where the hunter hit the bull and just going by what he's telling me. And I said, well, and, and we, we might wait a, a little while, maybe go eat lunch, come back, still can't find him. But then we'll wait and go back next morning. We might find him, might find him 100, 150 yards away, dead. And, you know, in little that time of year, if it's a little warm, they'd be a little bloated up and all that. And you hate to lose the meat. But uh, sometimes uh, that's what happens. You know, it's, don't make a, you can't, you don't know exactly where the hunter actually hit the bull at because I can't really see that all the time. So I really don't know where the arrow hit most of the time. I just right. gotta go with it. I guess I go with what they tell me but most yeah. of the time if they, if they make a good hit on them we'll, we'll find them somewhere around here though but uh, otherwise uh you just keep your fingers crossed and yeah and if and if you don't make a good hit elk are one tough animal yeah I mean, you, you might you can you can get a one longer sometime you never see him again so that's, that happens before too you know but yeah, yeah, just be be patient and don't get in no hurry. And if you don't have a good shot, big thing is just don't take it. <laughs> Man, yeah. you might go home. You might go home empty-handed. That's just the way it is. Yeah. What's what's the biggest mistake? Is taking bad shots? Is that probably the better? What's the biggest mistake that you see? You know, elk hunters make out there. Well, the biggest mistake, like I said earlier, is moving movement. Okay. 
Very, very, very manly mistakes. Just moving around, trying to shift left or right, move up behind a bush to get a shot and all that, trying to draw back when the bull is, is looking kind of in your general area, but he'll, he'll pick them right up. And he pays no attention to the guy calling back here usually. If he catches you moving over, his eyes are glued right on that movement he's seen right there, and he don't like that. He's gonna, yeah. he, smells, he smells a rat right off the bat. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, they don't get big by being stupid. I know it. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. That's, that's for sure. I, yeah. I, uh, yeah, I look at some of the mistakes I've made and I, I, I think back in the day, I was so worried about getting seen mm-hmm. and you, mm-hmm. you, you see not that. That's not really a big deal, you know, cause sometimes I'm a traditional shooter. That's all I do. But sometimes, and I just wear mostly, uh, uh like a wool pants and a, and a odd color shirt or something. I don't always wear camo anyway, but uh, and sometimes I've been, you know, 10, 15 yards from them there and I'm frozen or not moving, got good wind on them, everything. And it, it, yeah, it's just, you can be seen all right, but just don't have the wind on them and just don't do much for movement, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, I, I used to just back, I mean, years and years ago, I'd, I'd be so worried about them seeing me that I'd mm-hmm. get back in a bush and then all of a sudden I could walk by and you're like, I can't even get an arrow through this stuff. Mm-hmm. So just That's pretty right. bad. I, I watched, I watched a video years ago. I think it was Larry Jones. He's one of our members and measures. And, and he was talking, he says, you know, he says, use, he says, don't, don't get behind that tree. Just stand in front of it. It'll break That's up correct. your outline. Yeah, exactly and, right. Uh, yeah. So but you can't draw back when you're behind the bush or tree and, you, and then some guys think they can and they'll try to walk around, get move over to the left or the right. Well, yep, yep, they'll catch you right real quick doing that if he's looking in your direction. But, yeah, you, you need something, some good background behind you. And then just, yeah. just be calm. Don't move anymore when you have to, really. Yeah. But, you Are you hunting timbered areas or open stuff that, where you've got, you know, trees where you can wait? Yeah, we do both. Uh, we do we do a lot of uh, ground blind hunting over wallows. That's a big deal in our area there. And, uh, and mm-hmm. we've got we've got ten probably ten tree stands set up different uh, uh, routes back and forth uh, where they go bed and where they feeding. And then and, and, and we do we, we do a little cow calling. We don't do a whole lot of bugling, but we do a little cow calling. It's a bull. If I locate a bull and he's bugling, he's coming toward me. Well, I, I don't say anything to get close close as I can get him in there before I start saying anything. Right. I don't bugle every time he bugles like some guys do, but, but if he's, if he wants to come in, he's going to come in and he's looking, he's looking for, he's looking for something in there. So, uh, you just, you just got to be ready and have the hunter be patient and don't move around and, and just keep your fingers crossed. He gets a shot. Yeah. And what, uh, so the bulls you guys are taking, is there, is there an average? I mean, are most yeah. of the guys hunting with you, they want, are they're looking for that six point or do you yeah, have guys that come in just want yeah, a bull? Yeah. A lot of guys just come in. My guy, if, if everybody wants to, you'd like for everybody to get a six point and everybody else would like to too. And even I would once in a while, but, uh, but no, we, uh, we try to get them a, a, at least a decent shot at a nice, some, some type of a branch antlered bull, you know, and then he, he may not be a big six point and all. And a lot of guys don't care about that. And uh, like I said, if they, that's all they want to shoot and nothing else. So I just tell them, well, you know, you, there's a lot of other places you can go to besides here to do that. You don't have to come here, but, but uh, we just like for them to get a, a decent shot at a, a, some type of a nice branch bull. That's all we try to do anyway. Yeah. 
Yeah. D- Dylan and I, we're shooters. So we're, uh, yeah. you know, uh, we, we get a lot of trophy hunters on this show and, and I I'd like to be one. I'm trying really hard and I've got a hunt, couple of hunts coming up here pretty quick that, uh, that I'm looking forward to that. I'm really hoping I can hold off on the little ones to, to maybe find one of them big ones, but yeah. And, and sometimes you got to do it. Sometimes you might go three or four years and, and you might have a shot all those years at something you don't want, but that's, that's, that's trophy hunters. That's what you have to do, you know? Yeah. yeah. Well, and I look at it, there's so many times, you know, if you get a, a good five point bull, which is, a, you know, a magnificent animal standing in front of you and they're just majestic mm-hmm. and, and beautiful and, and, mm-hmm. You know, even a small elk's pretty big when you're looking at him at, at yeah. 30 yards. And and you start looking, you're like, man, how many times in my life, how many seasons have I had go by where yeah. I would have loved to have had an opportunity at, at that particular? And so that's how my brain processes. It's like, man, uh, there's there's been a dozen times that I would have given anything for just a shot at that bull. And then... Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I've had some guys in tree stands there, and there'd be a nice medium size five by walk by in front of him 20 yards, and and I'd be watching in the spotting scope or knock for some way off. And I said, Well, you didn't want it. Well, no, I said, I want something at least got a six point anyway. Well, and then most of the time, they don't, they probably won't never get another shot, but that's the way it is. But then some guys would like to have been sitting in that same stand and they would have shot that bull. But the, yeah, you get, you get somebody like that once in a while, but yeah. But, yeah, I'm not. I'm not into. We're not into the big trophy hunting deal. So if they're they're big trophy hunters and all, they can they can go somewhere else if they if they want to. But we don't we don't advertise any of that uh, that kind of stuff anyway. You you don't advertise it, but I've seen and you guys have taken some really nice. Yeah, yeah, we, we 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 do, but I don't let on too much. But that's okay. I, yeah, I, I, I want them to expect <laughs> when they get here. They I like them. I don't want them to expect anything. But when they do see something big like that, it makes you feel better because I know we got yeah. them there. But I, I don't let on about it anyway. You know. Yeah, Dylan, I'm telling you right now. If you have ever wanted to look a salesman in the eye, stare into that camera. Cause Mike is Mike's a salesman. Cause he is right now. He's not even talking to the people that are coming to camp this fall, but he's talking to everybody out there and he is setting realistic expectations that he knows yeah. he's going to be. Yeah. That's, uh, that's how, you know what? And that's why you have happy people, because if you're promising a, 380 bowl to everybody in the territory there aren't that many 380 bowls running around so eventually no. people are going to be disappointed so that's for sure well most of them come from a wife's cooking anyway and they say if they get an elk that's something, something extra with it most of them go come for sandy's cooking <laughs> that's awesome yeah that's great well um, i haven't had that but uh i'm gonna have to put that on my to-do list yeah i bet you will yeah (laughs) so well we're are we gonna see you in in april in reno you bet i'll be there excellent okay well uh we got a really good boost spot for you and uh i know as always we really appreciate every time that that we call you mike you always come through for us and you have been for a lot of years and I just, if, if folks are listening right now, um, it, you know, I'm, I'm a loyalty guy. And, and for me, that means an awful lot that you yeah, continue to give back to bow hunting and, and the industry. And, and so I, this I know world we sure be a lot better. It. This world will be a lot better if we as hunters support the outfitters that support us. I'm just telling you. Yes. 
It was very nice yeah. and I enjoy doing it too. I want you to know that too. So. Yeah. And uh, so if you're looking for an elk hunt, Crow Creek is uh, Mike's being a little bit modest here. Cause I have seen, we're going to have to Dylan, we'll have to pull up a couple of pictures of some of the bulls that, that they've <laughs> taken there. I've seen some of these bulls and, uh, and there's some, some great trophies coming out of there. And, and you know, what's interesting though, is when you talk to the folks who've been there, and, you know, some of these guys have outdoor TV shows and, and they're writers and different things. And it's, you know, that, like you say, it's, that's not, that's not the first thing they talk about. They talk about the experience mm-hmm. and then, oh, by the way, I shot a really nice bull. It's so it's, um, it's what you always hope for with an outfitter, yeah. but you just don't always get. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and then, and anybody at, uh, you know, any, hunter like that you know like when i go to british columbia alaska somewhere i go up there a lot but uh and then a lot of times you don't get nothing when you're sh- shooting traditional archery like i do but uh i go for the experience and, and uh, looking to different camps and meeting different people and all that's the main reason yeah. i go with me away so i'm not always looking to kill something every time i go yeah do you guys have a website no, uh, we'd say booked up too many years ahead of time. So I, I got tired of turning people down. I kept, feel bad about turning them down. So I don't like doing that. So we, we don't have a website no more. So and uh, we, we just word of mouth and that's the best you can get anyway. So that's kind of how we operate. Yeah. Good sure problem is. to have. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's, gosh, I get, I, I we don't have a website, not because we don't want to, because we feel bad for turning people away because we're booked yeah. so far out. So. No. Yeah. Now, now, if you had to pick a, uh, what's on your bucket list, what, what is something that you'd like, you know, when you're out there hunting, you want to take your, your trad bow out and you actually want to get, or at least want to chase, what would be at the top of that list for you? Well, top of my list would always be either, either moose or, or uh, mountain caribou. That's my two of my favorite ones. Cause I've hunted them a lot, but the, that'd be my two favorite. I said for far, far spotting and stalking to go. And that's where I, that's what I like to do anyway, just spot and stalk on my own. And, uh, and that'd be my favorite be either moose or caribou. Okay. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. Now yeah. have you guys have, have a moose season in Montana there? Yeah, they do. It's all permit only, uh, you know, it's kind of difficult to draw a tag unless you just luck out. But, uh, yeah, sheep, moose, goat, all that stuff's a tough draw here in Montana, but. Yeah. Somebody got it. Somebody's got to get it, I guess. Yeah, somebody's gonna get it. Yeah. It must be somebody because it's never me. Never me either. Yeah. yeah. Putting That's... in for 40 years, not me. <laughs> yeah. I saw I saw something the other day. They're like, oh, they made this big deal because somebody in I think it was here in Oregon, and somebody drew a sheep tag and a goat tag, and they're both once in a lifetime tags. Mm-hmm. And they drew mm-hmm. both of them in the same year. And I'm like, what that's that happens, that happens up here too somebody that's never put in before in their life they'll draw one the yeah. first year and been putting in 40 years like us and it's just the way it goes that's the way it goes yeah yeah, yeah. that is so um so if you had to chase so mountain caribou and moose would be the ones you'd be chasing after for, for yeah. me yeah for for tradition for, for traditional archery that's my two favorite anyway okay yeah. if you had to pick a pick a story either one of your stories or or one from one of your hunters what's one of the ones that stands out to you as you know here was just a neat experience and well one time that one of my favorite hunts with back in 
a long time ago, I was talking to my my old late buddy Jay Massey in uh, Alaska. We was floating the river for a week or ten days. He and I was, and and I, I shot a pretty good moose there on the fifth day. And he went out and sunk in the river, so we had to get him back up, and we had to do all of our caping and cutting it up and everything in the water, which was pretty tough to do. We got her done though, and then. Uh, and then hunting, hunting with Jay was one of my favorite hunts I've ever had. And that moose was one of my favorite animals I ever got with him. And that'd be one of my favorite uh, hunts right there, doing that, getting that moose and the, the trouble we had getting him out of there. But it was all worth it when we got done anyway. Nice. Nice. Yeah. And so, you know, one, one of the questions we ask everybody, Mike, is, and we've had a pretty, I mean, as we keep going, we get some, a pretty wide array of answers. But question we ask everybody is when you find yourself up on the mountain chasing elk or, or chasing moose, what is one maybe non-traditional type of item that you like to have with you on your hunts? Oh, well, never, well, one thing, never go anywhere without your binoculars to start with. And then, uh, I don't know. Uh, it's hard to say. I, I, I don't carry a GPS or nothing like that, anything, but, uh, I never have. I don't even have one, but uh, yeah, that, that that'd probably be a good thing to have, I guess, in these days. But yeah, I don't know. I just carry my regular stuff. I always carry my pack, like I always have. I don't carry nothing extra special or anything. Yeah, we've we've had some pretty pretty good answers to that. So, bacon is one of my top answers. How about you? How about for you, Dylan? Definitely bacon. Um... Uncrustables, obviously. For, for obviously. I mean, yeah. So we still for, need for that one. Speaking yeah. of food, so two of our favorite answers are food. What's your favorite <laughs> food to have in the backcountry? Uh, peanut butter and jelly. <laughs> there you go. How do you keep it from getting so? How do you keep the bread from getting soggy? We're going to mail them some Uncrustables. I always carry peanut butter and jelly. And I usually eat it about eight thirty every morning after I get walking a little ways. But yeah. And, uh, that's right it's one of my favorites anyway <laughs> that's good yeah that's uh and then we'll have how to about hook him to, up with some uncrustables when we're in reno jay you know what we just need to get a hold of the uncrustable folks i th- maybe that's what we do for our wednesday night kickoff <laughs> we just have some you know night. uncrustable night i like it we need to get a hold of them yeah. <laughs> so, especially now that Mike said he's he's all about the peanut butter. Have you had an uncrustable, Mike? No. <laughs> okay. Oh man, neither had I. And so uh, it, this we may have just changed your life. Uh, we'll try so, when we get down there. You have one ready uh, when I get down there. Then we'll, we'll, we'll have will. one ready. <laughs> I so, certainly will. Okay. All right. All right. Well, hey. Mike, uh, once again, thank you so much for, for your support of Pope and Young you and bow hunting and for being a, a wonderful ambassador for the sport and for hunting in general. Well, thank, so you guys. We, thank you, guys. We appreciate working with you and uh, can't wait to see you in Reno. We'll we'll have you a nice prime booth set up there and, and uh, be a good opportunity for people to come see you. All right, but I appreciate you guys. Thanks a lot. Too. All right. Thanks so much. Have a great day. Thank And thanks. Thanks again for joining us. All right, bye-bye.